We on? All right, yeah, next time give me the, like, the... Yeah, see, I like that. that that's professional. You're tuned in once again to Healing is Gangster. These are the CEO sessions. I'm your hood therapist, Tajay. And to my left, we got the legend, the mogul, the icon, Mr. Dame Dash. What's poppin'? What's up, bro? Everything's everything. What's up with you? Man, it's been crazy, like, out here in L.A. I know you've been kind of traveling, like, doing the tour thing. Yeah. Um, I, Obviously, I've been out here in L.A. building. You know what I'm saying? Um, But we done had, like, a hurricane. Like, we had, like, a mini hurricane. That wasn't you know, even the real hurricane. I know, but you know, at LA, any, any kind of weather in LA is like a disaster. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we had that. LA has definitely become challenging on a lot of levels. Yeah, you know, uh, recipes to my homeboy, uh, Lil Sodi. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Went over there on 83rd. Um, he was a guest on Healing His Gangster. And yeah, so, um, he, pa- he passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So this is all in the mix of the last time we had a, we had a session. You yeah. know what I mean? As far as healing this gangster. So yeah, just staying in it, man. Doing this plan, doing this plan that we've been talking about the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, um right now it's like, you know, I we decided to spend the winters in Florida and we identified a studio out there that could sort of uh you know facilitate everything that I've been dreaming about. You know, I got nine acres and there's a sound stage and there's a place to uh, make music, do the podcast, rehearse, build sets. Um, you know, we can uh, do festivals because of the outdoor space. And, you know, I was able to, because Freeway has been... Uh, working with the OSG and you know, the OSG is, you know, the 200 or hundreds of principals in economically challenged places that right. do things off school grounds. And he's been working with OSG and going into the schools and you got his Freedom Thinkers Academy, you know, all the things that, you know, that I'm doing, but it, from his point of view, but helping, you know, right. he's on the same type of time as I'm on. So it made sense we reconnected at uh, the OSG summit in Columbia. And we were able to do a project. We came to Florida at the studio, worked for five days, made 10 records. Remember I was playing a little earlier yeah, yeah. with the band, the Black Guns. We did the video, we did the podcast. Uh, Daytuan flew in from Vibe Magazine and uh, did an interview and shot the cover. Um, we were able to perform, you know, also after that, Nicolette was able to go in there with my son, you know, I made Boogie, which was one of the biggest moments and best moments of my life, you know, because he wanted to do music. He loves music. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this America new network tip right now. And it was like, all right, now take this to another level. I mean, it's good to see Bug in the mix. I mean, obviously I've been around for a little while now. and uh, 
Well, that's I've how I've seen the ups and downs. That's how we started. That's how we started. It, yeah. uh, 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 what do you call those sit downs? The interventions. We had an intervention, yeah. and you know, on you national had, television. And 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 I believe that you helped me, you know, potentially save his life. But there was some rough things that you had instructed me to do, which was to let him. Um, number one, you were like he got to pay for his own rehab and all that. Number two, you was like, you got to kick him out the house. Well, not kick him out, but he has to go on his own. Got to be a man. He got to be a man. And it has to be his choice. And I know for a while he resented me for that, but I knew it would be best for him. And basically what you advised me to do is just be patient. And that's what I did. And, um, you know, I had to have faith in God that he'd be safe. But honestly, he's been on his own for like, you know, almost a half a decade now. Never asked me for a dollar. hasn't hasn't had any like you know bad things, or I haven't had any of those calls I was getting. Right, right. And it was just you know it was kind of time. It's like we healed, and uh, it's just time to do everything I've been saying. Yeah. You know I've been fighting to to pass companies to my children, and he's my firstborn son. And I've always admired anyone that can work with their son because I was like, I haven't been able to accomplish that yet. Right. But now I'm doing that. And, you know, Ava, she uh, she actually... She's been around a lot more, I've been noticing. Well, you know, it, we, our relationship has been really good since she broke up or her boyfriend and her like separated and it was in a way that was kind of traumatizing. What happens with your daughter is... When she's in pain, you're in pain, probably double, because you can't do nothing about it. But I was there, and I was very supportive. And from then on, it's been like, it really made us close. And she's been coming to Florida. You know, on my birthday, she flew in for the day, and you know, and then she booked me to speak at Harvard. And she actually flew to Harvard, met me there, came back to Florida, and then we've been together ever since. Boogie was there. And they worked in the studio and made music and really, really under, starting to understand the potential of the businesses, the family business and working together. She she went to Milwaukee, not Milwaukee. I went to Milwaukee, she stayed. And she was gonna watch uh, Baby Dusko, but the hurricane was coming because Rocky and I were going to Butter. That sounds so, you talking with, about with, the, the little hurricane we had here? No, it was a hurricane oh, in it was uh, the real, Florida. Oh, okay. And okay. we had to go to Indianapolis for butter, which is like Black R. Basil. Okay. You know, the congressman brought us there. Well, the congressman introduced us to Gang Gang, and Gang Gang does butter. And, you know, my art, I love art, so I went there to, to really celebrate what they're doing. I was really impressed what they were doing, but Ava got to come with me on the road with the baby. So she really got to see how we move. And then we bounce back here. She's still here. So I'm basically, if I rewound when we first started talking, uh, my relationship with Ava was problematic. My relationship with Boogie was problematic. And Rocky and I were just losing a baby and trying to fight to have one. And then I fast forward to now, and it was like everything that we spoke about really realized itself. And the steps that we took to get there made it where I was never worried about it happening. I never felt anxiety about it happening. When the rough stuff, you know, you, you know, we spoke every single time, in yeah. between, you know, 
it it never really I think that's where the value is in the in the in, in what you as much as the result obviously is you know what you value mm. you know um the process of that before you even get to the result is as a therapist where the true value where the true value lies you know what I mean because as you said you said everything that that we spoke about it manifested even in a bigger way right but that all happened through work oh yeah you know what I mean the steps that basically it's like it, it was like a math problem it's like all right this plus this is going to equal it right and we got to make it happen so you know the commitment to the sessions you know um well, to, I, the, as to a, the whole healing process, you know, as a, as a CEO, um, as a boss, if I'm not balanced, if I don't deal with my shit, then no one that looks to me for strength will get that strength. Right. Will deal with their shit. I have to lead by example, and every single day there's equations that are again problematic that need to be figured out. Absolutely, and you know. Even now, like right now, we're I'm in my dream, right? I'm 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 practicing the live stream for the television network. We're doing healing as gangster, which is something again that we spoke about, and even to the extent that now you've taken over the studio, turned projects uh, projector space into a business, and when I'm here, we can do with the things that we need to do. Absolutely. You know, it's beyond the dream. I have my family working with me. And what's even bigger is that this deal that I did um, with uh, this group that's beaming right now, they came through my son, Boogie. Boogie got cool with Prophecy Son Space. Okay. Probably just from playing video games and being cool. Yeah. And when I brought Boogie to start running Blue Rock, I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to find the ads, uh, uh, ad portal, so that our network can be free and not like an app. It could be a real network. And I have different scenarios, but I'm looking for some better support. And literally, he was like, oh, my man Space's father does this, and he wants to help. And it was exactly beyond what we needed. And it's like, if, if, if Boogie just, this deal alone does, it, it brings the dream. Like, because you got to remember, I've been investing in this network dream for like 10, 15 years, at least 20, 30 million dollars. And I have not, yeah. as of yet, got a return, the return on my investment but I know I will. And when I do, because when I first got into it, I knew what I was trying to do. When it does return, it's, I feel like, you know, things will be exactly the way I want them to be. Well, this is also how, this is also, to interject, it, this is also about how you look at things, you know, things that we've talked about in these therapy sessions. For instance, when you say there hasn't been a return, right? Well, there there's, has, been, there's been there a has return. Been, there's Don't, been like, lots of return. Cash return. Yes. But what return is I have a family. Some, yeah. Yeah. What's what's happened is the process to get here. Yeah. I not only built a company for my family, I actually got to build my family. Right. You know? And, and even down to like Nicolette coming to Florida, getting with Lee through Andre Berto. 
Right. Came and they completely rehearse, make records, doing shows. Like I'm watching her realize her dream. I'm watching everybody because what I find is when my dreams come true, everyone that's helping, and that's why everyone around me has to have a dream. So that when my dreams come true, the buckshot of my dreams coming true is your dream coming true, Nicolette's dream coming true, my children's dreams coming true, my girl's dreams coming true. There's a buckshot of dreams that come true when everyone around you's dreams are aligned. So what, what I really started to be very cognizant about is the people around me, like I say that shit, but like really, if you do not have a dream, you're gonna distract everyone around that does. So when it's time to work, if you don't have a dream to work for, you cannot be here. And the good part about being in Florida is you have to, it's a destination. It's not like you could just slide by. Right. So if you come in here, you have to work, Yeah. you know? And yeah. then, you know, like being, it, it's funny because Nicolette, like right now she's behind the camera. She's helping me, right? But you saw before she did her whole show. She did very well, mm -hmm. good records. Absolutely. Someone that's behind the camera that's been helping other people because for the last three or four years you've been here. She's been helping people that do not appreciate and are still are not here now. And we're I'm treating them like stars and they got futures or, you know, she's helping and none of them are here now. And now she's the one that's the main artist and everybody like in Florida, they're like looking at her like, how do you do that? And you're amazing. Shit was like cracking me the fuck up. But she also was able, we went anywhere we went. Like when we went to Indianapolis, pop up, do a show with my man Todd, and everyone in the town loves it, and they actually played her record on the radio. You know? Mm, so just I watching. That was an experience. And, and so. you remember the conversations I'd have with you, like, yo, I don't know what to do with Nicolette. And you'd be like, yo, I don't know what to do either. She's got to figure it out on her own. Some people got to figure it out on their own. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And she went through some shit, and I watched her go through it, and I let her talk about it. She feel like it, but she's just a better person, stronger, more confident, you know, and really, really focused on making her dream a reality. And that's another dream of mine, to right. watch her make her shit come true. I, I don't want anyone around me to waste time. Like, I don't want you to work for me or work with me and I get and then we get into something and you go ahead and now you gotta start from scratch. You know, I want people to benefit. And like you said, again, the process has built a wealth that no matter how much money I have, I'd be broke. If I didn't have my family, my, you know, if I wasn't able to rock you for have a baby, yeah. if, 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 you know, it would be terrible. And I think those returns, you know, and this for anybody that's in that process, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously a lot of business and mental health intertwine, which is why we call these the CEO sessions. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the same uh, mental health skills that you would use in life, they, they're attributable to your business life. You know, that, that whole mission where you're in these dark spaces, where it's up and down, you got to be able to recognize those returns that you're getting that don't necessarily register in the, you know, you got to celebrate. You have to celebrate you know, you in business. To. If you don't celebrate every victory, you forget that you're winning. You yeah. sometimes think you're losing when you're winning uh, because yes. sometimes you judge 
your success based on what other people perceive as success. Absolutely. But you have to find and identify again what your love language is, what your dream is, and then when you fight for it every day, when you get it, you gotta be happy about it. Yeah. And and I say this, like people that I know that have been unhappy, broke, are literally unhappy rich. It doesn't matter financially, that doesn't make you happy. Right. Like people, oh, some people always find a reason to have a problem, right. you know? And there's people that, again, are always gonna start with the negative mm -hmm. and I've become very cognizant of that as well. Like if I'm Girl, talking- what you doing, boy? And you start with the negative, <laughs> then we're not talking no more. If, if I have a, a, a situation where I'm dreaming, there would be times that if I want someone to participate in the dream, I'd be like, don't you see what's going on? In this moment, the dream is now. Because that was another thing I was telling Nicolette. We just did this freeway project. We're about to hit the road. I want you to be good enough to open because if yeah. you're not good enough, you're not going to embarrass me. Yeah, Freeway's a beast, too. He's a beast. He's a he's a I'm a legend. He's a legend. The band, yeah. Tash, you got to be legendary up there. A future legend, and you got to put the work in. And again, yeah. and that's for everybody. Even watching Raquel going in, because Raquel used to be ridiculously shy. Now you got to go. Raquel used to be ridiculously shy. And now she's turned her book, brought it to life, and she's on the road performing, doing 45 minutes to an hour, keeping children like from like four years old to six years old, completely engaged for an hour. And the return that she's gonna get on that, besides what she's getting financially, is that who knows what that's sparking in those kids' brains. No, we're teaching them how to dream. That's what I'm saying. So we that's what we do, we go into the school and literally, she teaches the kids, the, the the little kids how to dream, and then I talk directly to the teachers. Yeah. And I tell the kids, yo, if no one's asking you if you're dreaming, they're not dreaming. A lot of, you know, a lot of the clients that I have, you know, obviously um, have made a certain, you know, they've reached a certain aspect in their life, you know, where they've become successful. And one of the, one of the common things that I always hear, you included actually, is that uh, their best times were spent getting to the oh getting always. to the dough. You know what I mean? It's like once you're there, it's like, oh yeah, we got here and it's great. But it's like the parts that you talk about, the parts that you spread down to the grandkids, the the parts that you take pride in that, you know, that bring happiness to you are the ones where you was building it. Well that's why I'm always dreaming. Together. As soon as one thing happens, you know, unless there's another dream, I'm gonna get bored. I always tell people life without a purpose is not a life. If you're not dreaming if you don't have anything to fight for, what are you waking up for? Right. Where's your happiness lie? That's why you mm -hmm. always want to be distracted. Right. And and that's why, you know, again, with, with everything that I've been doing, a curriculum come a curriculum comes with it. Yeah. So yeah. if I sell sneakers, I'm gonna teach you how to make sneakers. Right. I do sell sneakers. I got the sneakers, you know, we got the books, we got the network, the clothing is popping. You know, we sell vitamins. You know what I mean? The music is, yeah. you know, a lot of people talk about the shit they did and that's cool. And a lot of people want to hear that shit. I'm cool with talking about my history, but I like to talk about what I'm doing now. You know, it's important to me to be doing something cool in the moment, mm -hmm. not talking about what I did that was cool 20 years ago. I think what I want to yeah. say is that I'm going to do, I did something 20 years ago yeah. and every single second up till now, 
I've been doing cool stuff as well. Absolutely. Look under the hood. Look what I got now. Look what I'm talking about doing in the future. I think you're able to articulate it so well as far as what you're doing in the present because you're fully enjoying it. You're fully immersing yourself in it and not just getting caught up in the ambitious part of it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, they get caught in the ambition aspect of what they're doing to the point where it dries up their anxiety, can drive them crazy. They're not actually appreciating the things that they're working for or that they're grinding for. They're not enjoying their moments. You know what I mean? I think that you've taken you know a step to do that which is why you're able to articulate it in a way that not only you know uh it you know it encourages you but it also encourages other people mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. but we've talked a lot about some of the you know the positive aspects obviously my motto when it comes to this mental health thing is that you know uh, good mental health is not a goal it's more of a journey because once you figure it out once you figure out that cheat code of mental health and I call it a cheat code because there's people that don't want you to add it, that code. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I call it that. But once you figure out that cheat code, you also figure out that life don't stop. That there's going to be constant obstacles. There's going to be constant things that you're going to have to hurdle. Life is a test every day. Yeah. And so it's a journey. So mental health is more about keeping in shape, you know, because the bullshit ain't going to stop. The reason why I bring that up is because so, you know, there, there was a recent interview uh, that Irv had done, yeah, where he had addressed some things, and um, you know, didn't have the best, didn't didn't put you in the best light. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how you know in the midst of everything productive that's going well, how do you handle things like that with your name being brought up in the media? And you know, how's how are you feeling about that? Is it affecting well, any of that that we just talked about? No, nah, not at all. The, the thing that disturbed me the most about that was like page six was calling me and like different outlets were calling me to get a comment on it. And it was just, to me, it was like, this is that program. If like a black man says something about another black man, that's going to be press. And when he said it, that was like the next day, because I had seen it on like, you know, social media yeah and yeah, like sure. you know people send it to me you know i mean everybody was talking about it that's how i came across it yeah because it was hilarious to me yeah. but again i was like when when page six called page six actually called me about this dumb shit and i was like well you know i just went to harvard yesterday are you gonna write about that and then there was no nothing more said so i'm like this is just a part of that program and that algorithm, you know, Irv is my brother. So sometimes I worry about his mental health. And, you know, I-, I And you've always said that, like, you, to, to keep it real, like, I'm glad you said it because I was gonna ask you about that. Every time you've referred to Irv in private, it's been, hey, that's my little bro. That's my, that's my brother. Even amongst all of this, where you could be saying some of the craziest shit, I'm sure, because you guys have a history, I go back, you know what I mean? And y'all gone through shit that bros go through, you know what I'm saying? But you've always kept it on a certain level. Like, yo, that's my bro. I don't know what this is, you know. Well, I'll let you say it. Well, I can say this. Yes, Irv is my brother. They're all my brothers. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's funny. It depends on what time in their life that they're cool with me or when they're not. Mm -hmm. And... You know, Irv, Irv and I fundamentally, 
fundamentally have always approached the music business a little different. Mm. You know, what I see him doing is celebrating taking his artist masters and selling them and saying, you know, this is how I make my money. And that's the furthest thing that, you know, I would ever do with any one of my artists. That's not my approach. See, for me, the problem with a creative is usually they can't make their vision come true because they don't have the money. So my thing is to keep a creative as economically empowered as possible. Because you know what you get when you get a rich creative? You get a Kanye. Mm. You get a Jay-Z. So, you know, my artists generally end up being billionaires <laughs> because I'm not going to take their masters That's and say I'm going to sell them. That's a fact and a bar. Fact and a bar. <laughs> I'm not going to take their masters and yeah. then be like, yo, just that, that I, and that's sad to me because I know, or, you know, I don't understand that and I'm not going to get into that, but fundamentally that's where we've always been different and i've always tried to beg irv not to glamorize this gangster lifestyle in such a way like because it wasn't really ever form. almost when 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 jay called them irv Gotti, it was like a joke it wasn't meant to be taken serious because he's not a crime boss never was but he took it so serious and embraced it even with preem i would beg him i'd be like yo irv Please do not name your 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 label Murder Inc. Because you're dealing with thing people that are still active, and you're making everybody hot. But he's always glamorized this this style of being a gangster. Even when he was saying what he was saying, it was hilarious to me. Because so you thought so so you think some of the problems, the legal problems, came he brought on himself. He completely. Of, you got to understand. He caught a charge, and and again, I'm not talking his business. Everybody no, knows no, this is, he didn't do anything. Yeah. So when Irv came to me, what happened, and again, what's like kind of like, I can't believe he's acting like this with me, mm. is when he had the charge, he, he came to me and said, yo, Dame, I'm fucked up, I'm broke. Because I can't, like when the feds, when, when they gave him the charge, yeah. the feds went to all the, the labels and said, if you work with him, we gonna make, it's gonna make you hot. Yeah. And even like Jay at the time was the president and you know, he came to me and I'm like, Jay won't even cut you a check. He was like, nah, they, everyone turned their back on me. And I didn't have like money to give him, but I was like, Irv, you didn't do anything. And these charges are not gonna stick. You don't have to worry about it taping, but what I will do is I'll make your suits. So I literally made that man suits. So if you look at his, uh, when he went, I was like, Alicia look good. Huh, and I said, cover, but I was like, when, when, when you win and beat this, I don't want to, you know, me, I'm like, you're going to go right back to everybody that turned their back on you, you know? And he did. And that's cool. That's on him. But what I really was sad about was he was trying to, like, erase my history. <laughs> what do you think? Where, where does that stem from? I, like, either way, I, I don't know, but it's, it's the play that everyone does. Like, when you try to conquer a culture... Mm -hmm. But when you conquer culture, the first thing you do is you erase their heroes, you erase their history, you take their religion, sure. you you know. And it was like, damn, he's doing that classic play. So now you're taking your artist uh, masters, celebrating that, justifying it, even down to the way you carry, the, you know, like where I'm from, you don't really talk about the things you do with women publicly. That's not considered something masculine. It's almost clown shit. So you know again you take your masters you talking about having you know with your artists and and then justifying taking you know like something that 
you know, justifying taking business from them because of something personal, like that's not even like, you know, you have a fiduciary obligation to do what's in the best interest of the business no matter what. That's an unwritten law. Right. I mean, so, so, so I just think fundamentally something changed because when we, when he was our DJ, yes, we definitely used to talk and plot because we'd be in airports, but he wasn't a part of any Rockefeller business other than, you know, you know, when guys talking, you'd be like, oh, let's do, but we were always talking about freedom and independence and doing things the right way. So to see him try to erase my history, you know, take his artist masters to talk about women and, and, and his relationships in that way, it was just a different version. And it was like, damn, I just watched every, the, the, all the shit just, how do you, it just seemed like he was kicking it with Lior. Mm-hmm. And then the way he talking, like, you know. So hey, you feel like he may have, a, he's adopting his, his I just think I just view. think that it's just sad to see somebody lose their soul like that. And I hope he's happy. And, you know, it just didn't seem like he was balanced at things he was saying. Sounds I just, like I, you're more concerned about him than I just, anything. I just, I don't know at what point it went that way. Yeah. To, to where it would be all right. And really, where we really went different, convenient he wanted to be talking like this about me, is that when, you know, you got to think, I did paid in full. Irv did tails. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and when he was doing tails, he called me and was like, yo, I want you to do an episode. And I was like, bet. You know, we uh, whatever. And I said, you know what? I'll do paid in full. The record paid in full and we'll make paid in full. And I was like, well, how much bread they give you to do an episode? He said, a million dollars. I said, oh, we could do all type of shit with that. Cool. Then all of a sudden I heard a season was shot and I was like, oh, what happened? Oh, you're going to run with the money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, you're turning into the people that we despise. He talked about that. I remember him talking about that. And then, uh, but he didn't say that. He said something completely different. And it was like, I was like, why are you even talking about our business publicly anyway? Yeah. So that's when I was saying that shit about like, yo, stop talking about me because then we got to talk about this. And I would prefer not to. I prefer you to go talk to him and get that man some therapy so he can stop talking about me. But obviously he knows like if you're going to treat your artist that way, talk about your friends that way, if, if you're going to, you know, you're not going to be in my good grace. You know, I, I just... But you know, like his brother there, Chris is my man. When he be talking, I call Chris. I'd be like, Chris, why don't you talk to your brother? And Chris will be like, Yo, you know, that's Irv. Anyone that be around Irv be like, You know, it's Irv. He don't listen. You know, he do what he do. So, again, to get that low to be acting like I ain't have nothing to do with nothing, or and again, I I don't know that he meant to say that, but it just seemed imbalanced, and I just hope he gets some help, and he's all right. But also, again, we haven't seen eye to eye on business things in a while, and you can see that. Can you imagine Jay Z without his masters? If I would, if if I had Jay Z's masters, Cameron's masters, Kanye's masters, I would have been able to sell them shits for millions of dollars. I would never do that to my artist. See, the thing about masters is, a label loans you the money in advance to make your record. And that's why they own your master. But once you make that money back, then you should get your master back. If you've made that money back that they loaned you, then why you don't owe them nothing no more. Why should you own my master? And I would never do that to my artists. So again, it's like, that's just, I I could have been that guy. So you got to remember, I'm the guy at Rockefeller that wasn't letting nobody rob no artists. 
So Memphis Bleak will tell you that. He'll say, yeah, Dane wouldn't let me sign the contract until my publishing was right, until nobody was robbing me. He was in a real bad situation. And I was like, I'm not going to help that. And and the same thing with Nori. He'll tell you. He, 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 he right there could tell you I'm the guy that was like, what they doing? Just call me. I'll go up there and fix it for free. I just didn't like artists and creators being robbed, and I would never let it happen on my watch. So well, what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing and what I'm hearing and a lot in a lot of this is some of the fundamental business differences that you have. But this seems like it's I, I just kind of seems feel like it, 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 it's it's something that's stemming from something else that only you I don't know y'all two. Did you ever feel any of this back in the days? Like, was this something that because you just don't talk about somebody just out the blue, you know, in a negative. Honestly, I think that you're asking me why you think he's talking like that all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, why, why, why is it? I, was I it think, all of a sudden? Well, he might, again, he, he, I just think once I stopped, because he knew once, I wasn't fucking with him after the uh, the tail shit, because it was like enough is enough. Mm. Like it was just, I just thought it was, I just didn't like that. And, okay. and it was just, I was putting them in space. Like I'll see you at another time. But then he just kept, talking and then the thing with Nas it was like that was true so when I, when I heard that he said it, it, like you know do you think Jay's coming into it don't make no sense to go to war with someone from Queens with someone from Queens so I felt like Irv slip pause uh, uh, Jay the banana in the tailpipe Irv is like a cheerleader so when Irv was in the studio he bought that beat and was like this beat is hot he made the beat and when Jay said that rhyme he was like that rhyme was hot and now he's saying he didn't you and I'm like, bro, you we all know you that you're not the guy that's like, oh, who listens to Dame? Uh, oh, they do? Good for him. That shit was hilarious to me. That was the best part, is the way he was talking and the expressions. I, I just was like, I don't know who this dude is. Hey, shout out to Nordo for keeping it a buck. He was like, yo, they fuck with him. He was like, they they fuck with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was that was real. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, again, I just sometimes I question like who is he around that's making them feel that that way mm. or is he just imbalanced right now but again i hope he gets some help yeah man i you know i hope it, I, I don't know if it's something that y'all can reconcile in the future or talk about because it seems like y'all got a lot of years under y'all belt well, i ain't got no beef for herb got you know but uh the craziest thing in the world is that's everyone why I that got beef with me. Like come on, that's ridiculous bro i, I know his kids i don't got no problems with him i just not i just again we differ and he's saying shit, and I guess, you know, it is what it is. But again, like, I ain't beefing with no black man. I'm yeah. not promoting that shit. It's not happening. You're not going to bait me into a dumb fight. Right. I'm not beefing. That's not the example that I want to showcase is being caught in that algorithm of two black men fighting each other and that go viral. That's and it's, not what this is. It's crazy that you said that because when we talked about it, like, briefly, you know, I remember you saying that, like, you know, I'm more concerned with, you know, getting some kind of lesson that I could teach out of this, like, you know, how you were addressing this. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, I think you had brought up, you said a lot of media outlets were trying to get you to participate and say negative things. And they asked me for a comment. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. And then, like, but they, but you know, uh, other podcasts, like, yeah. yo, can you address? I'm like, address what? Bro, he gave yeah. his opinion. That's whatever it is. Right. When, when I, again, I had to process it. Because it was just like, damn, it's always my brothers that can come get, get, getting at me. And like, 
how could you do a Lior? Because that's the same thing Lior did when they asked Lior, who's Damon? He just was turned into a Lior. And I was like, damn, this is where he's at? Some of those triggers we've talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. And we've processed a lot of it. You know what I mean? Does this hit different now that you've processed that? Like, how are you looking at it different as opposed to then before you were like processing a lot of this stuff, you know, with the therapy and the mental health and all that? Like, what would you think is the difference in your reaction? Like, I'd be internally? more worried about the people now. Yeah. So I'm like, what's wrong with him? Like, what? how can he be happy saying that? How could he look himself in the mirror and say that knowing that like, I've really been his brother all this time. So we don't see eye to eye. It doesn't mean you try to erase a man's history. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you know, talking that shit, you know what I mean? It's like, damn bro, that, you know, it's funny, but it's happened. Like all my, the people that like Biggs, Jay, you know, it's, 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 it's people that were the closest to me that sometimes do things that really surprise me. And it'd be like, I have, and, 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 and Let's say all my friends have done that, then I'd say you gotta be a problem with me. But I have so many good friends that I've had for like decades and decades that I talk to still every day. You know, mm -hmm. like my crew from the best out, my family. Then I would be like, the, all right, I, I must the have fact, a problem. No, the fact that you, but the fact that you even consider that, that frame of thought shows that you're like, oh, you know what? And this is big in therapy to put yourself in the other perspective. Put yourself oh. in the other man's shoes and say, hey, you know what, is it something I'm tripping about? And the and, and if you're able to self-reflect like that and still come to the point where, nah, I wouldn't. Because sometimes you could look and say, yeah, I might've been tripping. But sometimes it's sometimes you're not tripping. Wow. It's like the other person tripping. You know what I mean? And that's good to recognize as well. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a big part of your process. As, as far as the difference now that I'm seeing is like, it's emotional because these are your friends, but because you've done the proper healing, you're able to, I don't know, maneuver that trigger differently now. It's a different, it's a different talk than in the past that we've, that we've had, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's still like, it, it bothers me. There's things that I have to do. I feel like even hearing him talk, it'd be like, damn, it sounds like he thinks I'm soft. Yeah. And maybe I might have to deal with some things, not him, mm -hmm. just things that, have been done that I think are wrong. Yeah. And you know, I'm the type of guy like, yo, I'll get to it when I got time, but I'm not gonna have it take away from me building my dreams. But sometimes I gotta make time. And when I feel like people are doing things that are illegal, like we're programmed not to wanna ever go in the courtroom. You know, we we from the street, but then be like when guys from the street come at me at, in courtrooms and I gotta be like, why? And then when I look under the hood, it's like, so there's things I'm gonna have to deal with. And I know people play dirty and I know people try to control narratives, but yeah. it is what it is, you know? What and, are, and, and that that does bother me is going to court with people that I'm close with yeah. or have been close with. That shit is corny to me. But when you start robbing people and continue to do it, it'd be like, yo, now it's just like, you must think I'm soft. You know what I mean? And and then that's the trigger for me, but I gotta deal with things legally. There ain't no beef, it ain't none of that shit, but if you fucking with my money illegally and you, 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 you trying to make me look bad to make yourself look good for some bullshit you did, you gonna accuse me of doing some shit I didn't do legally, I gotta deal with that legally, period. Yeah. And it's gonna get dealt with. I mean, and sometimes, you know, people do stuff like that. It's not about being soft, it's they actually fear you because you're not soft. 
You yeah, know what but I mean? they be so, cheating, man. I, honestly, I just wish I could get a fair one. But anybody that got some kind of problem with me, just stop cheating. But sometimes you find that the problems people have, you can't even articulate the problem because you still feel so bad about the fact you hate a person because you're insecure about maybe you want to beat them or because you want what they got or because they may good, be good at something that you want to be good at or you want to take the credit. Well, I was going, I was going to ask you because you... You know, you had started saying, you know, you looked at yourself and said, yo, am I the problem, right? Mm. But as you looked at the situation, what were some of the commonalities that you noticed in those situations? Um, like, you know, whether- As any, it relates to Jay, yeah. it, it just seemed like, it seemed like, you know, he just wanted to be, he said it. Is that train, that train, we should wait for that train to pass by? Well, Are we good? Yeah, he, okay. he, he said it. He he couldn't be. His narrative is that he wants to be a businessman, and I'm a businessman, and I, you know, he couldn't be looked at. So, you know, guys around him do business like a Jay Brown, who you know, I was at his wedding. Jay Brown, best man, but he ain't gonna try to get no credit for doing the business, you know. So, I I, I understood that. I just was like, but why you gotta make it like it gotta be a war between us, like. It seemed like the people around him that were taking my place, they the ones that needed to continue to prove to him that they could do a better job than I would do. But I didn't want that slot. You can have it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I did not want to run behind Jay for years. As you see, I, I'm an individual that found that I'm really creative. So I was like, yo, leave me the fuck alone. Just let me live, bro. Like, just leave me alone. You know, and it'd be like, you know, y'all ain't doing nothing in front of cameras behind the scene people conspire and they do shit and you know like a Steve Stout a Leor Cohen a Jay-Z all of that shit uh, you know I, I I just they all seem like they be working together to fuck me over pause it's like it's been 20 fucking years I'm calling out names and you know whoever be like yo why are you saying that I mean you had and they'll you, tell you like you, I'm looking at interviews yeah. and everyone's throwing each other under the bus and you've had you've had individual relationships with all those people. Like you gotta unlike yeah. yo saying that Steve Stout said, yo, operation get Dame out of here. That's yeah. That's said. Like, like what I'm really supposed to do? That, how am right. I gonna ignore that? So it keeps triggering me. Like, y'all really think y'all got me out of there because I don't wanna hustle on that block no more. And I wanna go have a family and I go I wanna go be creative. So, you know, why you gotta try to make me bad so y'all can look good? Just leave me the fuck alone. Well, that's how I feel about were it. Were any of those were any of those situations were they all surprises? None of them was everything. None of, nothing was a surprise. But Jake, that was the that was the one you didn't. expect. That was a shocker. I didn't. I, I wasn't expecting that. And then Biggs too. I, I don't know what the fuck happened with Biggs. He came home from jail and it was just a different Biggs. And again, that hurt to him to treat me and go to court like I bid it with Biggs. I would have free Biggs shirts like nobody was fucking with Biggs. You know what I mean? Like I was paying for bills and I didn't have money to pay my own bills. And he came home not even to thank you. Not even to like nothing. Like, yo, just like almost like, you know, I seen that man and Mr. Childs, he ran out. He wouldn't even take a picture with me. You feel me? Like I couldn't believe that shit. Like, didn't, like when they were doing, came home and was doing the reasonable doubt parties, not a call from him to come see him or the, uh, nothing. So, you know, that type of shit, I just was like. And you've never had the chance to like, just I, be like, hey, yo, what's your problem? I like, did, what's, I what's saw him in Childs, he ran out. 
So my man Guido, we you know we have friends in common. He uh, didn't he did he come to Wyoming when we was over there? Or, or he was Kanye? in Wyoming with Kanye, but you know Kanye was tripping and he wasn't acting like that. So I was like, I ain't even gonna deal with this mm, while yeah, I'm trying right, to stabilize right. Kanye. No doubt. But I think Kanye did that, put us together just to because yeah. I remember that. Mm, yeah, because you were like, what happened? I was like, yeah. I ain't even gonna deal with that now. You know, I could, it wasn't the time. Right. You know, mm. but it was like the prior to that. Yeah, like, because, you know, I was at the table. You know, I was at, we was at Charles and shit, and I seen Biggs, and I'm like, what's up? And he sat at the other end of the table. So I'm like, yo, come fuck with me. Like, what's up? And he wouldn't come. And I was like, he was like, I'm good. I'm like, so my girl Rocky was like, yo, what's up with Biggs? Like, that's fucked up. You know, before he went to jail, it was a completely different thing. Yeah. So I went over there and I'm like, yo, what's up with you, bro? You know, like, how, why you acting like that? Like, now that you up over there, did you even talk to him about why he did what he did? And like, with Rockefeller, no, I'm not dealing with none of that. So he, did, he you mean he didn't try to mediate? He had no interest in I just was like, to... why are you acting like that? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did all of this, you know, for your family and shit. Like, how you gonna treat me like that? Right. And I'm like, when you start dressing like this, like, what happened, man? So Rocky was like, yo, why don't you take pic? Cause you know, he never used to dress like that. So we start go to take a picture. He ran out and don't talk to Guido behind that shit. Like, I'm like, what type of shit is this? So like, yeah, I've had to process, like I, I am surprised at certain people yeah. and I don't know why. And I would love for them to answer why, what I did to make them act that way. I would love to see that in public. Or like, yeah, when they be like, oh, you don't, like not including me in the Rockefeller documentaries and the books, or, that's corny. No matter what, I'm not gonna erase Jay's history in my life or Biggs's. That's corny to me. Like I, I mean, didn't, see, I, they it, didn't I mean, my, it's I mean, impossible. It, it, I just wouldn't do it. It's like, why yeah. would I try to erase my friends? Like we right. was like brothers and shit. So I would never do that, but they doing that shit and they be obvious about it. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. I'm over here doing my thing. I'm happy about America New. And as you see, I like the conversation started with the great stuff. And then you asking me, all right, because that's what therapy is. You got to deal with all, all verticals. It don't stop. Of how if you it deal with that, everything. It's else. So if you're asking me in therapy, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, for sure. But again, don't think I'm running around getting therapy with everybody around me. Therapy is when I'm talking to a therapist. Okay. That's when I deal with that shit. But other than that, that shit ain't on my mind like that. It just be like things sting, and I got I deal with that later. I mean, that's but a, I got so many other things yeah. that I'm happy about that that yeah. shit don't bother me. But when you fucking with my bread and start accusing me of shit, that's when I have a problem. I think it's important to address, you know, for anybody, not necessarily to others, but just to themselves. Just as you're doing to address that process, it's a, it's an important example to other entrepreneurs as well. You know what I mean? Because Again, these are the pressures that you deal with in this business. You know, the 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 friendships, the the partnerships, the emotions. You know, all things that can affect your bottom line. At the and end all of, of that. Day. You know what I mean. And and you also another important lesson from this as well is that us as entrepreneurs, we we operate like machines sometimes. You know what I mean. And we forget that we're human beings. Right. You know what I mean. That need attention from ourselves. You know what I mean? To heal, to process, to to maneuver, you know? And when you operate as a machine for so long, 
you know, those things don't go away. Anybody in a situation like that who was close, who had close friends that went through all of these different things, y'all got successful together. All of y'all, all of y'all got successful. You know what I mean? And to think that, it, you know, it's, it, it is, that would hurt anybody. That would hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean, types of you situations. know. So, so it, this is good that you are addressing, because it's not necessarily about the views. It's not about, oh, let's get Dane to talk about this. This is about you dealing with it, dealing with it within yourself, but also sh showing an example to these other entrepreneurs who are going to have to balance all these things. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people get involved with entrepreneurship because they think it's easier. Like, oh, I'm going to get my own shit and I'm going to make my own money. They don't understand what this really entails. Well, you know I mean? yeah. You know, being an entrepreneur, being a boss, having a dream and fighting for it is a lifestyle. Yeah. It's an everyday, all day thing. And it, 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 I, I, what I know is I can't do nothing without a team. And if I'm going to be the strongest or the person with the most experience, just based on what I've already done, if I'm the pilot uh, on the plane, if I panic, every passenger on the plane is going to panic. The way I react is the way everyone else is going to react. And everything that's happened to me at some point is going to happen to the people that are around me. And they're going to have to know how to deal with it. And I got to be like, look how I dealt with it. Either deal with it like this or better, but don't do worse. Right. But to me, it's important to lead by example. You know, it's important. No, absolutely. And I, I think you're doing a great job by even addressing some of these things in the public. You know what I mean? The way that you do. I don't have a choice. I really don't. It's purpose. Because people get at me in public and I got to hear about it. Yeah. And again, it, it can be a trigger. That most people can't but relate I, to I, on I that prefer level. people to learn from it yeah. than to look at it as entertainment. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And and to heal. And I'm, I'm, I have no beef with anybody. I just got to deal. If I got to deal with business, it's business is business. Period. But I'm not going to war. I'm not going to be sitting around tearing another black man down, right. fighting and I'm 51, 52 years old. That shit look corny. The number one thing that I have to do and be very cognizant of is teaching people to do the right thing and then doing exactly the opposite of what I'm teaching them just because I feel it behooves me. It doesn't make me special to tell people would deal thing to deal with things another way. And then when it comes to me, I get to deal with things different. Yeah. The advice I'm giving, I have to completely give myself. And the number one way to make sure that they would destroy the message would be to have me have a beef with another black man and get myself into some kind of a problem so publicly it could showcase that algorithm that black people cannot do anything together but fight each other and not pay attention to the oppressor. I'm not getting caught in that trick. And anybody that tries to get at me, I'm always thinking, Who's pushing them to do that? Who are they doing that for? Is the police? Is it some culture vulture? Who is it that wants to always have two of us fighting? Because you don't want to fight your brother. Why would you want to have to fight somebody that's fighting for you? Why would you want to fight someone that wants you to be a better person and that's trying to give you the game to be a better person? How could you dislike that? That's a program, and I'm not looking at that show today. 
And that's why we're recreating a D program of showcasing of how to heal, how to de-escalate and learn from, not get caught up in. We create our own rap algorithms. These algorithms haven't been seen before. They haven't seen us stick together. They haven't seen us actually heal and make money together. Yeah. That's not an algorithm that exists. You know what I was thinking about before we wrap this up? What's that? Everybody is scared of AI. But what I've thought about in a very high moment was, you know, different kinds of living things eat different food to live. What's AI's food? Information. Human behavior. Yeah. So AI, AI won't be able to exist without the study of human nature. Now, if this isn't the first AI that we created and AI was created before and AI did take over, they would have to observe humans like a farm to stay fed. What if we're already in some kind of AI farm where they're just observing human behavior so that they could learn more? That's I think, just a thought. I think I think the fear that people have for AI is the fear they have for themselves. Fear they have of humans because humans are the ones that are going to make AI dangerous. And 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 I say that because you know AI can be such a tool for us to make things better amongst each other, make things quicker, and make things quicker. It, like if if you're a writer, it sucks. That that strikes going nowhere. But if you're a filmmaker. It makes it where you don't have to pay for a writer or line producer. There's a lot of things if you know how to talk to it, right. it can do for no, you. No, no, for you an sure. Assistant. No, for sure. I, I just feel like we should, we need to be responsible with it. Meaning, like, because this is this is the thing, and this is what I think people are paranoid about, is that when you lean too much on something that does things for you, the effects that I know as a psychologist that that has on the brain, your brain's gonna start to get smaller. Mm. You're gonna forget how to do basic shit. We we get we become into that whole light switch age thing. That's why, that's why you gotta stay creative. So you gotta stay creative. You gotta stay. So it's a tool. You shouldn't just base your 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 being and your creativity on it. Like like I you said, the, the thing that, that but that's us. That's the thing us. the things that I do, it would be hard for AI to tell me what to do because it hasn't been done before. Yeah, there is not a behavior pattern it could study to tell you what I'm gonna do. Right. So you gotta keep doing things that hasn't been done before, and that's the way you stay ahead of AI. Reinvent AI, yourself. AI can only talk about things that have already happened. It's behavior, patterns. If you create a new pattern, you beat AI. So I'm always going to do something that no one's seen before, that no one's studied before, because I don't want AI to be able to do it. I'm going to do something cool. It's about creating new algorithms. And you that's what, what I mean? makes and that's what makes humans special. As much bullshit as we bring to the earth. That's what makes humans special. I mean, there's no computer like the human mind. You know what Period. I also learned about myself? Why is it that I can't do the raising money thing and, and why it is that it's hard for me to be corporate? I was at a think tank um, at the Walmart uh, in Arkansas, like the Walmart town or whatever. Oh, on your tour? Well, yeah, part of the tour. Yeah. But one of it was a think tank with my man Keenan. Right. 19 Keys was there. And, Shouts um, out to 19 Keys. What they told me because a lot of people in there raise money and they were like you know raising money is a game of numbers I said what do you mean because I was like how y'all do that they were like out of 70 people that you approach you might get two or three I'm like people got to tell you no 67 times before you get a yes me as a creative I can't take it 
can't not I can't take a no one or two two I can't take it because I don't think someone's cool enough to tell me that my something I creative isn't gonna work. Mm. It, it just gets me mad. Like how you gonna tell me? You know what I mean? So, and not many people are gonna get something that hasn't been done before. But it's just hard for me to take that kind of rejection. And the reason why is because. When I shot Jay-Z to 100 people, I caught 100 no's. And I was like, yo, I, we got to do this ourselves. And it worked out. So for me, it's like, for me, I don't know about everyone else. It just works better for me. By the time I get through 70 no's and got to you know, have 70 people that I don't think are cooler than me telling me that they are or that their opinions are better than mine, I could probably flip and get there quicker because that's what's been successful for me. I can't take 70 notes. Mm. I don't have time for 70 notes. I got to flip. By the time we get to that, I get my pride. I did it myself. The ownership is there. I'm working with who I want to work with, and I can keep control of my dream. But I'm not knocking nobody that does it at all. So you're not, so you're not saying you're against a corp, any kind of corporate partnership? Oh, nah, I would need some. If somebody else could do that for me, I'm good with it. Yeah. But I personally can't do it. But you, you could take 70 no's if you want. If you could take that. Because honestly, maybe the person that does it for me, because they're not the creative, it don't hurt. But I don't, I don't care. But I personally can't do it. See, I was the businessman, but I was really had the feelings and the emotions of a creative. So that's why sometimes that didn't work out. I had to really acknowledge that I'm a creative and I react like a creative and things bother me like a creative. So go be creative. That's why I get to design the sneakers. I really design them. I really do direct the movies and make the music. Why do you think? Why do you think you were able to take the nose uh, when you were uh, shopping, Jay? I couldn't. I hated it. But I mean, the persistence, y'all, y'all stay persistent. Though. I was, I, I was, I was going by what I thought, what I was told to do, mm. until I had to figure out a way to do this myself. So you so so you chalk it up to just learning basically. You was kind of learning. As you see, I punished everyone that told me no. That's why I tortured the music business because they all told us no. Like the reason why we didn't go to the Grammys the first time was because y'all ain't been inviting us to the Grammys. And now that we popping, you that's why we didn't go. There you go. See now, earlier in this earlier in the conversation, we was talking about commonalities between all those situations right yeah maybe the commonality is not amongst those individual situations it's the industry that's controlling those situations now 100 percent. you tortured that injury that that industry i beat them you down. tortured you beat them down so this is the kickback basically yeah that's why they're like he doesn't like us i don't i don't but don't act like you're not like but certain times it's like the people that are blocking are not the ones that are actually doing the creating. The creatives in that industry know that I protect them. They know I love them. And that's why most creatives, before they blow up, I've spoken to them or give them an advice at some shape or form. So so a healthy way to deal with So a healthy way to deal with that for anybody going through this, not just you, mm -hmm. right? Is when you when you look at it like that. I just didn't right? like them robbing creatives. No, for sure. But what I'm saying is you look at it like this. Because it feels personal because you know these people. So it can get personal, right? It gets personal. But in the best interest of the business of that industry, of course you're not going to match. And, and that's why I left that So, it, so it, yeah, that, you know what I mean? Of course you're not going to blend in because it, it, your it, message is inherently 
to, this is my advice to, to people. If you don't like the industry, create your own. Yeah. But it's going to take a fight yeah. or be tortured and sit in the same place for yeah. 25, 30 years straight. It's just not me. So I, I think that's, uh, yeah. So I think that's what it is. It's not so much a Dame Dash the person is what Dame Dash represents in the message. I mean. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know what I mean? Shoot, there it is right there. I'm trying to empower See what creators, not, not manipulate yeah, them. No, I, I want sure. to, a rich creative is so many things happen that are beautiful. I love to see a creative that's empowered and not stifled by, you know, by money. I want the creatives rich. Man, well, on that note, make sure y'all uh, stay tuned for the next Healing is Gangsters, especially the CEO sessions, because we're going to get into a lot of uh, mental health. We're going to get into a lot of business, how they intertwine with each other. Um, what are some ways that you can deal with that? All of that. I ain't going to speak too much on it. But, no, no, we're uh, going to get into some shit. Yeah, we're going to get into some shit. Bottom line is you yeah. will not look at anything that we're doing on America New, Healing is Gangster, without learning something that's going to help you make some money and make your family happy, which uh, is the only currency that counts, love. Absolutely. Holla. You know what I'm saying? Stay on your stuff. Healing is Gangster, you already know. Oh, merch available. Go to healingisgangster.com. See your merch available. Not merch, these are sneakers. These are real line, right? This yeah. is a real clothing line right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're going to do the CEO uh, Healing is Gangster collab very soon. All that, you know what I'm saying? Ah. So, yeah, 100.